Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to Redemption Press author, Marissa Barbie. And she has written a book called Christmas Traditions Through the Lens of Scripture, an Advent book. And actually she wrote it, her daughter illustrated it, and her husband was the scripture reference library behind it. So I am so excited for you to hear about this new Advent devotional. Let me give her a proper introduction in the meantime, before we roll this conversation. Marissa Barbie is a wife of 20 years and a home educating mother of nine, count of nine children. She considers her ministry of family to be her first and primary calling. Marissa and her husband, Scott, live in Colorado with seven of their nine children still at home. Family fun time consists of playing games together, reading, tackling projects together, from the challenges of gardening in the Rockies to the do-it-yourself remodeling of their home. Such a dynamic family. I am super excited to roll this conversation. Here we go. Well, Marissa, it is wonderful to have you join me on the All Things Podcast right in the midst of this glorious holiday season, uh, especially with the book that you have recently come out with that is for this time of year. So welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thank you. you Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So before we talk about the message of your devotional and and kind of go down that road a little bit, I would love for our audience to hear just, I mean, we all have lots of Romans 8, 28 stories in our lives. So I would just love for you to share whichever uh, story best illustrates God, how God works in your life in working all things together for good. Yeah, uh, my... Romans 8, 28, that's most powerful right now, has been this this process of publishing this book um, because I've gotten to see a glimpse of God working not only through my struggles, but the struggles of all the people that have come in and played a part in this and how that has played out um, that uh, this story or this book that I wrote kind of began when I was eight years old um, in a Awana council time. And uh, I heard the story of the legend of the candy cane and it fascinated me. And so I, over years, just had this focus and um, have since been able to go back to even that person who first told me the story and how she's been touched that to see that she 
um, in a time when she's she's just serving. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And God used that in my life. And here we are 30 years later. Wow. And God's doing something powerful. Um, so it's neat to be able to just have that glimpse of being able to step back and see this tapestry that God's weaving and say, that's my thread right there. And it goes in with all of these others and he's creating something glorious. I love that. So, I mean, one of the things that came to mind was just because this industry right now is so topsy-turvy upside down with printing and uh, <laughs> just shortages in paper and uh, people and, you know, supply chain issues and all of that, you know, there was that whole book delay in getting a yeah. beautiful hardcover book to you in time for the uh, group to do the actual advent period of time and and utilize it to go through that study and right. how god just came through with this miraculous way to <laughs> to make it work even though there was yes. a delay and yeah what a i mean what an example of him bringing something really good out of a, a kind of could have been a real disaster yeah yeah mm. exactly so there are hundreds of Advent devotionals out there. Tell us what makes yours different. I wrote mine um, really with a desire to have something that was very practical and tangible. Uh, so Christmas traditions through the lens of scripture looks at those Christmas symbols that are surrounding us everywhere we look this time of year, from the evergreen to the colors to um, uh, traditions of things we do, things we hear, uh, the Christmas story, it, it's, it just surrounds us. And I wanted to be able to um, bring Christ out of that rather than trying to add Christ into it. Mm. Now, I've never heard anybody say it that way. So I love <laughs> that um, insight. It's, it's, it's a different way to look at it. Yeah. So it, it really is. Uh, these other devotions out there are, are great. I've used them. I've enjoyed them, used them with my family. Um, some we even do now alongside uh, this that that I've put together um, but it often is the intentional adding of you know we want to focus on Christ so let's add this um, and it's great uh, but yeah that was my focus wanting to bring Christ out of what's already around us that general revelation idea yeah yeah so what do you say to people who criticize your use of the pagan elements of our <laughs> traditional Christmas celebration in your book? That's a big thing. And um, it was something that I thought of as I first started putting this together, because we do want to be very careful not to worship the um, things that are around us. 
not to make that our focus, um, but to make sure Christ is our focus. Um, so I tried to really be careful with that aspect of it. Um, and as I, as I went through those things, especially the ones that definitely have more of the pagan connotation, um, the Yule log, the, um, you know, even the day of Christmas was uh, originally a pagan feast day that we adopted to um, focus on Christ. And um, that something that kept occurring to me is that God created everything and it was good. And nothing really is pagan unless human sinful nature through Satan's lies has twisted that. And my hope was to redeem those things for Christ. And um, also the example of Christ in his parables, uh, how he often used what was familiar with his, to his audience in order to teach a spiritual lesson. lesson. Mm. So um, I have really felt like that is something that we can use today to bridge the gap and help our contemporaries see that Christ is, is still here. He's still valid. He's still speaking to us through things that we see and deal with on a daily basis. Mm. So how difficult was it to find spiritual lessons in those secularized and often pagan practices and actually find scripture to go along with them? A lot of these lessons um, were things that over the years, since that first story of the candy cane that I heard as an eight-year-old, um, just built up. I was raised in a Christian family. We celebrated St. Nick's Day. That was from my father's family tradition. Um, and so we knew about the real St. Nick and I started, once I heard the story of the candy cane, I saw that in a different light. Hey, this is really about a spiritual lesson. And um, my mom's family comes from the Swedish heritage and that was Santa Lucia day. So again, I started to see a spiritual lesson with who Santa Lucia was. And um, later in high school studied ancient Greece and learned about wreaths and I thought, hey, look at that. There's a tie here, eternal, our circle, our victory. Um, so it was really a buildup over many years that has been brought together. Um, so the spiritual lessons weren't really anything that I sat down and said, let's try and tie this to Christ. It was something that just built up over years. Uh, as far as finding scripture to go along with those, that's where my husband came in. Ah. <laughs> he, he is um, a trained pastor uh, and he kind of became my walking, uh, talking chain reference Bible as we'd sit and discuss, here's what I'm writing. And um, he kept kept me in line theologically, made sure I wasn't proof texting, 
And, you know, this verse matches up with that too. So he was invaluable. <laughs> I love that. So I like the way you turned secular celebration on its head to show us the Savior. Have you considered writing more like this, maybe for Easter? I have. Um, actually, Easter is something that I've really wanted to do this for. Um, this The first version of this book, I actually wrote nine years ago just for my kids. And... Um, I've wanted to do it for Easter because that's a holiday that um, in our family tends to come upon me without me even realizing, oh, it's here. Um, I, I look at the calendar and say, oh my goodness, Easter Sunday, and I don't even have Easter dinner. <laughs> so uh, I quickly scramble and we do something and, and that's not the way I want it to be. So I have long thought about doing an Easter one. I have also thought a Thanksgiving companion would be really fun. Um, so yes, there are those thoughts at this point. Uh, it's not in the works and I'm waiting to see what God will do. Yeah. 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 Nice. So your daughter illustrated the book and it's beautiful what was it Thank like you. Wor wor working with her to create this book together it was a really wonderful experience it's something that i'm going to treasure forever um and if there's more i'm going to look forward to working with her again <laughs> yeah. but um as a homeschool mom i really feel filled a lot of roles for my daughter teacher, mom, um, guidance counselor, it's it, never ending. Um, when we started out on this publishing journey with this book and uh, I asked her if she would be willing to do the artwork for it, she had finished high school and thanks to COVID, all her plans had kind of been um, stopped dead in their tracks and she was feeling pretty stuck in life. And this gave us a chance to work together um, and have our mother-daughter relationship mature. I had to work with her as an equal, um, giving her my ideas, here's kind of what I'm thinking, and uh, that, that back and forth, hashing things out, I really got to see her grow. Uh, I got to see our relationship grow and mature, and I got to see her blossom. I got to see her artwork blossom. So it was a really wonderful experience all the way around. I love that. So good. So I love that you've included smaller versions of the illustrations at the back of the book for crafting. So how do you see those being used? Yeah, I did that um, really because when... I first put this resource together for my own family. Uh, I did it as an advent calendar mm -hmm. and created ornaments for each of these symbols that we hung on our miniature Christmas tree, our advent tree. And so we'd, we'd read the what I had written, we'd read the scripture, study it together, and then one of the kids would hang up the ornament on our tree. And that became our advent calendar as we worked our way to Christmas. And uh, 
because that was a real foundational piece of what I had originally done. I wanted to keep that option available, uh, not only for us, but also to make it available for others to use. Mm. I love that. Cause I, I mean, I, I did not grow up in a Christian home. So the, the tradition of Advent and having the Advent calendar and all, I it was just not something I'd ever um, been around. And so I love that idea of, yeah. you know, tying those illustrations that are in the book into an actual um, activity that can be done right. through the, through the season. I love that. So how does being a homeschooling mom tie into the creation of this book? And how did you find time around all those duties to write it? Uh, being a homeschool mom, um, at, at, at a Christian homeschool mom, there's lots of homeschoolers do, that don't homeschool for religious purposes, but that has been a major factor for us. And we have really tried to focus on making sure that Christ is a central part of everything that we do, whether it's voting at the voting booth or um, showing our kids how we serve our neighbors, um, how we interact with others, or um, our, our academic education. But that has also played into the um holiday celebrations and really wanting to focus and help them focus on what this was all about we also knew that the uh, pithy sayings jesus is the reason for the season wasn't going to cut it that um and I think that's why I really wanted to focus on bringing Christ out of what surrounds us because I had little ones that I could take that, that, that tree that we just put up and, and help them learn and understand that, yes, this too points us to Christ and uh, help them see in everything around us when they're being bombarded with with you need and here's more gifts that really all of this is about Christ. Mm. So as far as finding time, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I have nine kids. Whoa. <laughs> so um, time can be scarce. I guess. <laughs> when I first wrote this, I only had six. So there was lots more time. <laughs> Uh, actually, um, we, we have made it a point, um, my husband and I to, um, make sure that we always have time together. And so one of the big factors in that is that we always put our kids down at seven 30 to eight. Yep. Even the teenagers, <laughs> wow. they know they head to bed at eight o'clock. They don't have to go to sleep. But after that, it's mommy and daddy time. And um, that's been a real blessing for our marriage, but also in, in projects like this, that as I worked, my husband and I chatted over a cup of tea and, 
And as I mentioned, he, he was my, my scripture source of here's what ties in and hey, have you thought about this? And um, so it was really a, a together project in many ways that um, many bunny trails and we got to know each other um, deeper, hear each other's struggles and, and hear connect with each other through the development of the book. Um, so in that way, it didn't seem to really take away it. It was something that added. It added too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that. So wrapping this up, what is your favorite Christian tradition surrounding the Christmas season? And what ways do you weave this tradition into your family? This book is all about showing how Christ is really a part of all these traditions or can be brought out of them. And so in some ways it's really hard. They're all Christian traditions to me. Um, I think I would narrow it down though to St. Nick's Day and Santa Lucia Day. Um, those, those two days, both from my family history, lots of memories tied up in that. But in our own family, we have used those two days and kind of moved all of our gift giving away from Christmas Day to those two days. And that has left us much more free at Christmas to really worship with a focused mind, Christmas Eve service. We weren't thinking about getting home and opening gifts or um, the, the other things that tend to just conglomerate all on that that one, those few hours. Um, so moving our gifts and things away to those other special days gave us the ability to really say, now this is Christ's time and our hearts and minds can be devoted here. So that was really special as the kids have grown up to, to be able to do that. I love that. So so are the, the two St. Nick's and St. Lucius, they say that Santa right? Lucia Day. Yeah. Santa Lucia. Are those like right before or how close to Christmas are they? Yeah. St. Nick's Day is um, December 6th. Okay. And um, that was usually when we did our stockings. Okay. Um, and then Santa Lucia Day is uh, December 13th. And that was usually when we did the bigger gifts. And Christmas baking and those fun things that were family central, but we focused earlier in the month. That is, I, I love that, that it's uh, not like two days before, but it's right. spaced out so that you can really intentionally kind of enjoy that entire um, three week period, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. The wow. Advent season, it, yeah. it was all wrapped up in there. Yeah. So um, as we um, wrap this up, uh, share with us either a scripture or, a, you know, something that was like a tool or a tip that has helped you keep, you know, just hang on to when things are hard and things are difficult, that God really is working all things together for good, even when you can't see it. Yeah, you know, that verse is, it's really become one of my favorite verses um, and one that I've 
clung to um, really because it doesn't promise us sunshine and roses. It, it admits that there's going to be rough times, but that God's going to bring beauty out of those ashes. And we all have ashes. Um, and as far as tools, tips, one of the things that has been really, really important in my life going through rough times has been God's call to remember. And he has given us that tool to remember. He calls us to do it because he knows how forgetful we are. And in rough times, it can become all consuming. And so we really have to be intentional about looking back, not only in our lives, but in the lives of people we know and um, in the stories that God gives us in the Bible, how he is at work and how he is uh, moving and shaping things and caring, protecting, guiding through all those difficult moments. Um, so remembering the counting our blessings factor, looking back and saying, God was there, that means he's still here. So that I would say is key. Um, secondly, I would say is share those moments. God calls us also to fellowship. And one of the main reasons he gives for that is the encouragement that we can give each other because we need it. And we don't know who needs it. Um, for years as a young mom, I looked and looked and looked for an older woman who cared enough to invest mm -hmm. in, in me and share, yes, these days are hard, but here's some ideas how to get through it or um, to come alongside and say, you know, God's still here, God's still working. Um, we, we need to be ready to share from our own lives how God has worked because there's people all around us who need to hear that. And it, it goes into the remembering when we can share, we remember it helps other people have something to hold on to. So I would say those are two key tools, remember and share. And, and the whole, you know, when you're remembering you're, you're reminding yourself and as you're sharing what you're remembering you're encouraging others and that's exactly. so powerful yeah it is wow. it is so if we have some people listening today who would like to connect with you online or find you find the book tell us the best way to do that uh the book is available through redemption press store uh, it's also available on Amazon, um, Christmas Traditions Through the Lens of Scripture. Uh, I do not have a website, but I can be found both on Facebook and Instagram uh, under the tag Mrs. Marissa Barbie. Um, and I'd love to interact with people there. I'd love to hear stories of how this touches them and um, to share with you how God's working in my life. 
uh, yeah, that would that would bless me and I hope it would bless you too. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Marissa, for just um, sharing your journey and just all that God did during this whole process of writing the book and now what it's going to do to touch others to really help them engage in Advent in a more meaningful way. And I love that. Yeah. So thank you so much for being with us today, Marissa. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. You bet. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.